0: Is Flipping Tables Podcast, episode 18. We're getting really close to the, the 20s.
1: Yep. I'm Mike Edwards. And I'm your other host, David Lyons.
0: And I think uh, we had uh, some follow up about the horrible, horrible Twitter yeah, the, spam. The, the
1: Twitter spam never dies. Um, so, just to give you, if you didn't believe us up until this point, to let you know how bad the Twitter spam is, Mashable had to write like a 2,000 word article on how to disable it. So it turns out there's a couple new checkboxes in the Twitter settings um, on the mobile app specifically. And I don't know what it is like on Android, but it's probably the same. Um, Buried deep inside the depths of the minds of Moria, of your Twitter (laughs) settings, um, is uh, whatever the giant flaming creature was in Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh, it was the, yeah, Chernabog? Chernabog? Balrog. Balrog, yeah. Chernabog is the monster in Fantasia.
1: So, if, if Balrog was just a couple annoying <laughs> settings you had to switch, then that's what that is in Twitter. So, there's, there's a new checkbox for news, which is like, there's a World Cup happening, and uh, or... It's, it's all unacceptable. There's also an, uh, another category, which is like, Bob and Jane, who you do follow, were talking about topic X, which you don't care about. It,
0: the one that's been getting me right now is, person A and person B started following person C. And it's like i I don't I'm not a psychologist, but i, I it would be lovely if people were not that reductive like <laughs> like your friend has a friend. they also need to be your friend. So, yeah I, no, I'm a beautiful, unique snowflake. You can't yeah. just decide what I like Twitter
1: yeah so, so that's that,
0: I, I have saved this to my pocket already because I, I have to fix this later.
1: yeah, I already did, so I, I until they invent the next new <laughs> next notification. BS. Um, I'm safe for a while. For now. <laughs> Until the Formics come back. <laughs> so.
0: <coughs> oh, Ender's Game, the Are you dying right it's now? so bad. So, um, I, another uh, podcast I listened to put this on my mind recently. And, and this, this is kind of a recurring theme when you work in tech. But there's this kind high of high-mindedness of... Dude bro problems. So, uh, the the example that brought this to my attention most recently was the Vessel, which I'll link to in the show notes. It's V-E-S-S-Y-L. It's a smart
1: cup. By Google, right? No, it's not. Oh, it's not by Google. It's a startup. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was under the impression it was some Google engineer. I don't... Maybe it's like an ex-Google
0: engineer. Okay. But the important thing is that it's a smart cup. So, it's a cup... That knows what's inside the. cup. Oh, it's
1: the dude from Jawbone that makes those like am- those Bluetooth oh, yeah. speakers.
0: And the the Jawbone up. Yeah, so it it's a it's a cup that knows what's in the cup, and they say it can actually tell the difference between Coke and Pepsi. It's like, why are you drinking from a container that you don't know what the contents is? And then, of course, other people fire back and they say, well. If you're a diabetic, it would be great to know for sure that what you had didn't have any sugar in it. And I, so,
1: something you should already know.
0: Something you would probably already keep track of. Yes. Yeah. Um, someone else said, "For well, for Quantify itself, it it knows the volume of what you're drinking and what you're drinking, so it can help you count calories." And then the argument is like, "Is this what we should be spending our time on?" Right. And
1: and I, I try to take. So, this is the real table you want to flip. Yes. Not, not that the cup is stupid. <laughs> no, not that, that
0: this is. Because it is stupid.
1: But the people but, are dismissing the stupid cup for the wrong reason.
0: Yes. Because the argument that I've heard against this from several channels, and not just this product, but products like this that aren't really solving a need, is it basically can be boiled down to well, you know, there's children starving in Africa. like, you're right. That's true. But if the person saying you know this cup is BS because there's children starving in Africa is also like a professional blogger it's like well you're not exactly doing anything to make the world a better place or if they're like a you know like movie critic or game critic like or tech reviewer or if they write software for something like BS game on Facebook or something it's like Okay, so there's a line that to you anything dumber than that line is a waste of time and <laughs> anything cooler than that line is acceptable and coincidentally you happen to be on the good side of the line.
1: But it's not just a line, it's like a sort of like the the RPG like your your characteristics like you have a lot of charisma or <laughs> wisdom it's like a a circle.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. So but this
1: you aren't doing stuff that's in my corner of the character pie. Exactly.
0: You have not min-maxed the same way I min-maxed, <laughs> so we can't be friends. And th- this is my... its I would not... Even though I work in education, I would not for a second... Act like I am doing the most good in the world I can possibly be doing in my life, as evidenced by the fact that I have a podcast.
1: <laughs> right? It's like, pretty clear evidence you're not doing yeah. the utmost for the highest.
0: <laughs> I'm not. You're not. Most. I would say most people in the Western world aren't. Because even if you I don't just, know when
1: I started this podcast, I was like, "Let's change the world, let's, man!
0: <laughs> let's just make it a better place through our voices." But, I mean, wouldn't you agree, like, well, first, would you agree that the majority of people in the world are not actively working to make the world a better place? They may not be making it worse by just being a good person, but they're not actively working to, like, improve the entire global community. Like, is that fair?
1: Yeah, also the whole idea of what is making the world a better place is a pretty de- debatable yes. concept.
0: Yeah, and and this is where <laughs> these... Because you get
1: lots of awful people that are trying to preserve the goodness of the world.
0: That's in, very true. That's actually a, an entire other dimension to it. It's just like, well, what is good? And I think that's kind of where this starts to fall apart, is because oh, well, these people are wasting all their time making a smart cup when they could be... And it's like, well, wait. When they could be what? What is the most important thing any single human can possibly do with their time? Is it cure cancer? Is it cure AIDS? Is it end-world hunger?
1: Smart 64-ounce jug.
0: Smart 64-ounce jug that you could take to 7-Eleven? The big
1: gulp. it can disambiguate, like, seven different substances poured together. <laughs> so it knows exactly how much so of each soda can, is in your suicide? It knows the alchemy of what you've <laughs> mixed. One part Coke.
0: But, I mean, so, yeah, th- this is exactly it. Is, I feel like the this argument goes to absurdity so fast because the argument itself is completely absurd. I mean, what... <laughs> h- how would you blogger who has a problem with the vessel, how would you...
1: Justify all the other plastic crap in your house right now.
0: All of it! (laughs) The plastic crap you're typing into to complain about this other plastic crap. I mean, and this, it kind of... I don't remember where I first heard this idea, but it's it's like you can't ever judge scientific research because all research is research for research's
1: sake. Yeah, and sometimes you don't have applications for 50 years. Like, sure. discover some weird stuff about atoms, and then 100 years later we have heart medicine based on it. And you're yeah. just like, no one predicted that that long ago.
0: <laughs> well, like the, the gravity pen that we got from NASA. It's like, does anybody on a planet's surface need a gravity pen? No, but it's like a cool byproduct of the space program. Um, I found out Velcro, not actually a NASA product. It's a hiker. Hmm. But NASA benefited from it. his
1: name James Velcro?
0: It was James Velcro. James Velcro was out in the wild Velcro fields, and he discovered wild Velcro. Now, it was like, he he noticed, like, little spurs.
1: Guy's name wasn't Velcro at all. No,
0: it's not. But he, he noticed, like, little spurs were sticking to his clothes.
1: It's a mix of velours for velvet, French word, and crochet for hook. Velvet hook.
0: That makes total sense, actually. That, okay, I have no... El crow I have no objections. Velvet crochet. Yeah, I have no objections to how they arrived at that. But, I mean, it's like then he did that probably just as a business, and then it ended up being super beneficial in, like, sports applications and NASA and just generally, like, adhering cool to
1: together. 80s kids' shoes that just have two little strips you pull across.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but the the reason I say science for science' sake is because... We see all the time complaints about public funds, usually in a very roundabout way through government grants and subsidies and stuff, being spent on crazy research projects. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I don't really care what the ratio of peanuts to New Yorkers is, but now I know, (laughs) right? Like, someone went out and did the research, and it's like, the thing about humans is our desire for knowledge and for understanding. So to to pull apart anybody's desire to do that isn't really productive.
1: Yeah. Right? So let me ask this. Are, are there things that should not be studied or should not be... Like that... Like, well, is this, this, this relativism go absolute, or is it kind of like, no, some things are really, really stupid and should not have been made? I, I,
0: will, I will go so far as to say I am sure there are things I would be a total hypocrite about and turn my nose up and be like, that's stupid. You should not have researched that. What a waste of money like peanut the ratio of peanuts to new Yorkers like <laughs> someone out there is about to get a grant at some university and study that and i think that's dumb but the the rational part of me is like but now we know we didn't know before
1: we should have brought Thomas on to talk about his monkeys with hats analogy. You know, you want
0: to tell the monkeys with hats story?
1: Sure. So the basic idea is, let's say there's a couple different populations of monkeys, and for some reason, this one population, there's this weird monkey in the <coughs> community that starts fashioning what we would call a hat out of whatever is available in the jungle. Right. And it currently would not serve any survival purpose. It's just... For sheer weirdness, the monkey decided I'm making hats, (laughs) and I'm giving hats out, and we're all wearing hats, and this other monkey community is like, that's useless. Why are you making that? There's no purpose for that. It doesn't make any sense. We're happy in the jungle. Why do you need hats? (laughs) And then through sheer whatever happening in the universe... Things get colder, whatever, the environment changes, and suddenly having a hat is an advantage. But the important thing is that the hat wasn't r- a response to the change in the environment. Right. It was just advantageous when the environment changed. Yes. And so that's sort of like the 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 buckshot blast of <laughs> crazy research that most of it you're kind of like, that's kind of stupid. You never know what's going to be useful in yeah, the future. And,
0: and I mean, that if that is not... The most accurate representation of academia in the modern world. The
1: buckshot.
0: The <laughs> buckshot of research. <laughs> well, and monkeys fashioning hats.
1: Yeah. Because I have... So is this sort of like those monkeys on typewriters are going to write something amazing Yeah, I mean, given enough time
0: and assuming the monkeys don't starve to death. I mean,
1: and... it's a little better than just monkeys slam... Colbert. <laughs> yeah. Just knuckles down. <laughs> well,
0: because I... I mean, if, if I may get falutin and philosophical. <laughs> high falutin. High falutin. not nah, just moderate falutin. Is there a moderate amount of falutin? Does anyone just falute?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm searching for a Colbert knuckle calculator. Uh, like
0: a gif of him typing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: um,
0: but if I may be high falutin while you do that, um, whenever someone says, like, "Well, why are you spending your time on that? I feel like the only answer that has any meaning is because I was lucky enough to be born into modern society. Like, when someone wastes their entire life on television or video games or reading fan fiction or crappy romance novels or some other kind of nonsense, it's like, well, yeah, this isn't the the best way you can be spending your life. There's no question of that. But you have the privilege of being able to spend your life this way if you want. And I I guess the thing that follows from this is probably the idiocracy argument. (laughs) Yeah, What happens when everybody makes that decision?
1: Is there somewhere in between, though? Like, in between, humans spend all of their lives just trying to get enough food to stay alive, (laughs) and we are so well provided for that we're miserable, fat, depressed, (laughs) existentially aimless like worthless creatures
0: (laughs) based on historical evidence. I would say the likelihood that all people will ever be the fat, lazy, we do nothing is vanishingly small because if you look, let's just take America as an example, because we happen to live there. So we're more familiar with it than other modern Western countries. Um, Yay. Yay. <laughs> um but if, if you take Americans as a whole, you will have no trouble finding people who want to grow their own food, who want to make their own clothes, people who refuse to drive modern cars because they're bad for the environment, they're, you know, I don't own a TV. <laughs> exactly that. You know, um and that's That's not the lifestyle I want to live, but the point is these people were born into a time in history in a part of the world where they basically want for nothing. And they looked around, and they're like, yeah... I'm I'm
1: still going to make things.
0: Yeah, I'm going to make things. And whether those things are just for them, like they make their own food and clothing, and that's how they survive, or they produce music or writing or or art of any kind, like it's...
1: There's not enough musicians out there.
0: No. (laughs) But I just I don't I can't imagine a world that Imagine a world every that everything is so perfectly handed to you from day one it, of your life yeah. that there's no one who challenges that. Especially just people who challenge it for the sake of challenging. It
1: just sounds like the premise to a phil- like an Aldous Huxley or George Orwell novel of mm. like I'm gonna go extreme with this to make a philosophical argument, but yes. of course it's not gonna be homogenous,
0: right? And that's what I think it really is. As long as it's not homogenous, then aren't we kind of safe from it, right? As long as we don't really exist in the world of Wally. <laughs> Right. I mean because like, in Wally not a single person is shown to be curious about yeah. their world.
1: Yeah, it does seem that everyone
0: is equally fat.
1: The only the way we got to where we are now is because humans are stubbornly curious and just sort of like whenever I see like a Hunger's game movie or Hunger's Game <laughs> hungers Enders for games. Enders volunteer game. <laughs> um any of these dystopian movies where there's, like, everyone marches together in the uniform and there's one teenage boy or girl decides to rebel because it's a teen-adult novel. but Right. Um, is, I'm just like, how did that... That's never going to happen. Humans are so, like, determined to screw up <laughs> even the most, like, sensible and beneficial, like, just standing in a line together to go through a food line. Even, Some asshole cuts the line every time. (laughs) I don't care how much you try to indoctrinate our culture. Even in other cultures where line forming is like a sacred act even more than in America. Like in England. Like we care about our lines. They're big on queuing. Yeah. (laughs) Mind the queue. (laughs) Mind the gap. Yeah. Mind the gap. They they love that clothing over there. Um, Yeah. Humans are just so determined to kind of mess up everything no matter what. I can't even believe in the worst of the worst dystopians ever happening because he would just be like, nah, I'm just going to stand in front of this tank and take it. That's
0: probably why post-apocalyptic movies are so powerful because that's like the big reset button, and then Player One is evil opportunist, right? Yeah. So it's like human endeavors are reset to... The Stone Age.
1: state of nature. Yeah.
0: And then the evil opportunist realizes, they're like, oh, I can basically, this is like Sim City on pause. I can reshape the world.
1: And like in in normal modern life, they have enough disincentives to sort of only minorly act evil. Like they'll they'll steal some candy or they'll... (laughs) From
0: some babies. Yeah.
1: Or if no one's looking, they'll do something (laughs) minorly, but they're not going to go on a murder rampage or... (laughs) You know, steal a car or download a car.
0: <laughs> you
1: wouldn't download a car, <laughs> but given the reset button with with no apparent authority or no one with a big enough stick nearby, right? Then they will be the big stick.
0: Yeah, and I, I just, I mean, maybe in a post apocalyptic future, but I'm not particularly afraid of that happening because statistically, I won't make it through. Right,
1: <laughs> You're right. So,
0: so if that doesn't happen, I don't have anything to worry about. And if it happens, Some
1: kind of apathy argument.
0: it's it's realism, I guess. But I mean, like in, uh, I mean, the Hunger Games is an interesting example because. They they at no point because I've read the books and I've seen both of the movies that have come out so far and at no point do they even bother to try and touch on how things got that way because that is not relevant.
1: It's not very interesting. It's like yeah, Phantom Menace. It's yes, like, I don't care where Darth Vader came from. Yeah, that,
0: that's not what I what I'm interested in.
1: <laughs> I don't care about rock salt. I just like <laughs> ice cream.
0: Yes, <laughs> exactly. So I I feel like.
1: Sorry, Patton Oswalt, that's your joke.
0: (laughs) The best example I can give of who cares how things got this way, I'm just trying to tell a story, is there's this terrible Justin Timberlake movie...
1: Is it about in time? Yes. Okay, so there's, this must be a time travel movie thing because time travel movies are like. I, I mean, there's, maybe there's no time travel in that movie, it's, but it's, it's time about related. The
0: manipulation of time.
1: Okay, I just cut you off, but the movie Looper <laughs> also does the same yes. thing because Bruce Willis is like, I don't want to talk about loops. I don't want to make charts and graphs. Yes.
0: So. I, yeah, I think he literally says. I didn't come here to talk about time travel. <laughs> and it's it, the the Literally the opening line <laughs> to whatever In Time or whatever that uh-huh. movie was called is Justin Timberlake in the narration, you haven't even seen anything yet, is no one remembers how things got this way. Yeah. And it's like, it's the first spoken word in the movie. And it, it's literally just the writer's way of saying like, that's not the point. It's just a movie about Justin Timberlake running around and driving fast cars and he punches some people. It's like, how we got here is not interesting. Now that we're here, that's interesting. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's, it's that, the fact that writers still have to, like, excuse away how things happened is why we'll never get there. <laughs> like, unless it's, you know, the horrible World War Three. No one yeah. remembers what the countries were called before the war, well, that kinda of thing.
1: This kind of dovetails with our we hate conference presentations that are excessive autobiography, like a movie that wastes It does that is just the Silmarillion when all you want is Lord of the Rings is <laughs> just like I'm glad that he thought out the whole backstory to this universe. Yes. I care about you know, it's like I one of my English professors described the play Othello as really good about this because um, the way each scene is written, it drops you in at the last possible second before something interesting happens. And it doesn't <laughs> sit around and dawdle with anything. It's just like something's happening. Like here we are, yeah. and it's like, and you know everything you need to know to follow it. Yeah, and that's the way a movie needs to be. Is like, yeah, maybe you need to do a little bit of scene setting, but the less you do, the better. Yeah. Get to it. <laughs> you know, I'm,
0: so I'm looking at this this picture of the vessel. <laughs> Smart cup, and I'm trying to think of something I use day to day that wouldn't broadly fit in the yeah, but you don't really need it category. <laughs> because I can't think of anything.
1: Don't really need it category. It, yes. What do most you, things I own, I don't really need.
0: This is exactly my point. <laughs> is what do you have
1: <laughs> of? Uh, not well, that's also the word need. Is there any elasticity there?
0: Right. That's what, exactly <laughs> why I feel like this argument is totally, like, totally false. I apart. should
1: just have food rations and then live in an environment that won't kill me with heat or cold. Even and then is that those my needs? Yeah. Even that's subjective. And it's then spe- there's Maslow's hierarchy with Wi-Fi on the bottom. <laughs> that's right.
0: But I feel like even I mean from a nature standpoint, once you've reproduced, don't your needs drop to zero? Or near zero? Because so this is
1: actually, a, to go more into philosophy, <laughs> If you have you read Gulliver's Travels? Uh, when I was... Or watched a, one of the eight times a, it's been a much made TV man. as a miniseries?
0: You, let me put it this way. Recap it for the audience as if I <laughs> was totally unfamiliar with it because it's been a while.
1: Well, I'm pretty unfamiliar with most of it, but those th- I'm remembering he goes to an island of Hwinems, which are like intelligent horses. Okay. And... He's trying to impress them with all his technology, whatever it was, technology for Jonathan Smith. But you know, all the, the interesting contraptions and scientific discoveries humans have made, and they've, they've made all these interesting things and machines, and the horses are unimpressed. They're just like, all you've done is multiplied the number of things you need in your life. And so it's sort of the, I guess, the argument of for people that want to live minimally simple lives, but it's sort of powerful in that yeah, sometimes all this crap we make just makes us need more crap. Yes.
0: Well, I mean, this is th- th- there is th- this is a bottomless pit <laughs> yeah. of of circling logic because it's <laughs> like I, I, there was a, a story of a, a developer. I wish I could remember what project he was working on, but this guy, like he he wanted to make this app and he wanted to like get out of his mundane job. And I'm not exaggerating. He quit his job and sold all of his things except his laptop, and he moved to the woods. And he lived in the woods with like absolute minimal. This is supplies. Johnny Depp
1: in that Stephen King movie, Secret Window, or something?
0: It might. Have, I mean, this actually happened is some somewhere in Eastern Europe, I think. And he he went and he sold all of his things so that he had no distractions. To keep him from becoming a developer, and even the most hardcore San Francisco developer advocate, hipster locavore people I know online—use hipster,
1: in the sentence. I,
0: those were all real words, sadly. <laughs> um, but even all those people were like, "Really, dude? Really? Like, if you can't do your job under the..." the pressures of modern society, how are you going to do this job that only affects people who are a part of modern society? Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to design buildings that are going to be built in downtown Tokyo, one of the most densely populated cities on the world, but you're super xenophobic, like you're going to have a hard time getting a feel for what Tokyo's like. You're going to have a bad time. You are going to have a bad time. So, I I actually don't know how that guy's story resolved, but I feel like it's such an amazing example of even the people who would normally be in the corner of like, yeah, he got rid of all of his junk, and he just had his laptop, and he was doing it for himself because he really believed in it. We're like, what an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, man, you even turned off the people who you were sure would be in your corner. Yeah. And then... That sparks this whole other debate about like the lone genius theory, because I don't remember if that guy did it on his own or if someone else attributed this for him. But a lot of people were like, "Oh, he's trying to emulate Steve Jobs. Like he just needs to remove all distractions so that he can just get knowledge from the universe." I think they're
1: kind of misunderstanding Steve Jobs. They're even. kind of
0: misunderstanding everything. <laughs>
1: Because even though Jobs was really good at stealing credit for things, <laughs> he fully admitted he went and immersed himself in a bunch of smart people who,
0: yeah, well, did a lot of the work. And and you you might know what I'm talking about or, or how to find the the side by side pictures. But at one point, didn't Johnny Ive? admit where he got a bunch of his inspiration and I, I don't mean in like a i stole these ideas way
1: but like well, they all come from like 1960s Braun. like well and there was like the
0: the japanese stereo that the imac was based on
1: i think it's all is it Dieter, all Braun? Dieter, whatever his name is yeah. Dieter rams
0: yeah but so, oh, you know what i'm talking about like so, uh, I
1: got a link because they like the iMac looks like the speaker set, yeah, iPod yeah. looks like a pocket radio, like, yeah, and it's so it's like, like p- it's not like ambiguous, no. it's like, yep,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you have Steve Jobs, who is a smart guy who surrounded himself with smart people, who admittedly also took inspiration from other smart people. So, somehow, this person who went to the grave with this aura of lone geniusness is on record admitting that he surrounded himself with smart people and lo and behold we have tons of evidence to support that that's how creativity works not in huge groups you don't want focus groups yeah but you want like smart people together working
1: yeah Yeah, this picture it's like Granted, the one for the iMac's like a TV, but yeah, the, the other and ones... The, the
0: corners and the shape, they actually... But you know, the
1: Power Mac G5 with the the way that opens on the side yeah. is exactly. What, and then the iPod, oh the, my
0: god. That TV actually looks a lot more like an eMac.
1: Oh yeah, like the early iMacs with the CRT.
0: Yeah, that had the clear back, and then they started doing the colors.
1: Yeah, and this... So, I mean, you guys definitely
0: check out this, this picture in the show notes, <laughs> but I mean, the iPod, like... It's not even close. It's not like oh, maybe he drew some inspiration <laughs> from it. Like they're the same thing.
1: Yeah. It, but the point <laughs> here is like at least the, yeah, the iPod looks exactly like the Braun Pocket Radio, but it's not just like pointlessly looking the same. It's like the the wheel actually made sense in the iPod's interface.
0: Yes. Yeah, and I mean that's I mean it, it's stealing. Intelligently. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, this is like revolutionary is what it is. But I mean, is this magical,
0: is this not an excellent example of the opposite of what I was talking about? Like (laughs) instead of cutting all of the needless crap out of your life and just becoming a farmer in West Africa to help impoverished children, which would be a perfectly excellent way to spend your life. Mm -hmm. But here you have a, talented designer who designed things who probably got inspiration from somewhere presumably and then you have another talented designer who saw his designs and then improved on them like that's isn't that the benefit of modern society (laughs) that these people can do that and that we can sit here and talk about it (laughs) like i'm so glad i don't have to hunt to eat
1: Yeah, like just today. Well, you didn't invent hunting. You got to find your own way to hunt. It's (laughs) like no, this guy found it. Like he just guys this net he throws in the water. He get like a million fish. (laughs) It's It's awesome.
0: I'm just gonna do that. (laughs) I I don't know. I and like I said, I there are things that I would absolutely point to be like that was a waste of time. That's a waste of money. You're stupid, and I would be a giant hypocrite for that. But the logical. Zen part of me that knows better would just say that no. And and any, as long as you're not creating things that hurt people, I would say. We're doing plenty of that. We are doing plenty of that. And that, so, okay, so I guess that's the other side of it is that that's where I would draw the line. If you are creating things that are destructive in some way, either, you know, physically, emotionally, to property, that is probably not beneficial. But even then, I have to say probably.
1: <laughs> bulldozers are useful.
0: <laughs> bulldozers are very useful. And I assume that some of the early inventions in explosives, like fireworks and gunpowder, that were immediately put towards rockets. Well, how weaponry,
1: else did we make roads through mountains?
0: <laughs> and rocket ships. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, do I want things that hurt people? No. But unfortunately, we have a history of killing each other.
1: Yeah. This is there's actually a interesting moral argument that CS Lewis makes. Like imagine you lived in a world where you had like a rock and when you tried to throw it at someone to hurt them, it just turned into like a sponge and didn't hurt them. <laughs> and how like well, that may be sort of a nice thing in a sense because you're not going to be able to hurt people. You're also living in a world where your choices don't matter, and there is no, there's no moral choice anymore. It's <laughs> like if I mean take that to its extreme. Right. Like, the universe is so rigged that it's always interpreting human like. You also have to assume there's some ultimate morality in this universe right, but that the universe is interpreting behaviors and fixing the game before you get to do anything, and it's sort of like you just no longer if you believe in free will it doesn't exist anymore because yeah you can't have the consequences of your choice
0: so I guess this kind of i don't I don't know you might you know philosophy a little better than I do, so maybe there's a term for this, but I feel like that is a microcosm example of like we progress as a society so because there was a time when people figured out you could kill other humans with sharp sticks we also figured out we could use sharp sticks to hunt animals and then because we could hunt more efficiently we were able to like be healthier, and we mm-hmm. use the extra fats from the animals to grow our brains, and and yeah. so all these other things happen. So it's—I'm I'm, sure—sharp sticks was not the first thing we did, but mm-hmm. um, is it? Was it the beginning of 2001? <laughs> Space Odyssey. Yeah, he finds w- the, 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 bone, the bone, right, and he beats the other monkey to death with it, and it's <laughs> it's awful, but it's kind of awesome. It's, <laughs> it's an awesome scene, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's technology. He, like he became tool a tool <laughs> user exactly. So. I don't know, maybe you would actually cripple innovation if you took away in any innovations that well, involved it, it, That is
1: a moral judgment you've made, that this you've weighed the cost and you've decided this is more destructive than it is helpful, and therefore I'm going to try to remove it from society. And it seems like there are good moments where you, that call is sort of a toss-up and you got to decide, but... I guess, so, like, like, when we
0: look back as a society, it's <laughs> Did more people benefit? Because in the moment, it's like, well, what? that guy suffered, and you can put a face, you know, this woman suffered, that, that those children suffered. Like, if you can put a face on the suffering, then it's harder. to of the children. But, won't someone think of the children? <laughs> but if you look back, you know, like uh, the atom bomb is probably the best example I could think of, anyway. Like,
1: the atom bomb. It's just so destructive.
0: Right. <laughs> And it led to nuclear reactors, which are and
1: nuclear medicine.
0: Yes, you know some amazing technological revelations. Nuclear reactors. Until we get our asses off the couch with solar and wind, <laughs> nuclear is way better for the planet than coal and oil and gas. Um, very. Uh, it's like a. It's a. It's a high energy output. The to problem risk is ratio. when
1: on the occasions that it's sort of like plane crashes like it's such a <laughs> spectacle when they fail and mm. people are scared off of them even if statistically they're way better for yes us yeah. it's like no one thinks of the 50 billion people that die in car crashes every year it's the one plane crash i'm scared of flying that's
0: okay so total segue <laughs> um everyone familiar with tesla motors okay i i'll take your as consent <laughs> Did you hear about the the vehicle fires with Tesla? No. Okay, so a uh, couple of months ago now, um, and I'll, I'll find the story and link to it. Um, a couple of months ago, basically, this a car fire got reported on a Tesla vehicle, and then another one happened not that far apart, and the news went berserk. They're like, these electric cars are super dangerous, and all these cars are catching fire, and we're all on fire all the time, and yeah. it's terrible. So, Elon Musk is basically my favorite CEO ever right now,
1: because I do like those novelty Twitter (laughs) accounts.
0: His real Twitter account's actually pretty funny as well, because he's a smart guy, and he knows he needs to capture the imagination of smart people. Smart people usually have a good sense of humor. Um, But Elon Musk actually wrote on the Tesla website and said, okay, listen... All of you people who think my cars are less safe than gas-powered cars. One, the two cars that caught on fire caught on fire under incredibly unique circumstances that are almost impossible to replicate, and the people weren't hurt, and they had already left the scene of the accident before the car caught fire. So, there's that. Two, (laughs) gasoline is explosive, There are tens of thousands of gasoline (laughs) car fires every year that are never reported.
1: Including the one in Zoolander. (laughs) Yes, a
0: freak gasoline fight. (laughs) And three, he had all new Teslas fitted with this, like, titanium shield to protect the batteries from this incredibly unique kind of piercing where, like a piece of debris is braced against the road. So it pierces the underside of the car. And for free, he retrofitted every Tesla that he'd already sold. So this is a person who obviously really believes in their product.
1: And knows how to do PR.
0: (laughs) And really knows how to do PR. And that, that's just like, there's no way that's a fair representation. So when people are like, oh, well, you know, a single plane crash, and it's like, have you ever looked at a live map of plane flights? Do you have any idea the ratio of like failures to successes? It's it's statistically insignificant. Yeah, and I mean, with electric cars, it's the same way. So it's like, yeah, if one of the guys, because there were two major fires that got reported, one of the guys was doing like a hundred miles an hour when he crashed. He walked away from the accident unscathed, which is a testament to how safe the cars are. Or and the just car
1: blind luck, yeah.
0: Well, or that, and the car didn't catch fire until long after he was away, because the way the batteries are, they don't just like erupt in fire.
1: Is this also like the people are like? I heard the Google car got in an accident, therefore unsafe. And it's like, yeah, the only accidents they've been in were caused by humans. Humans.
0: Yes. (laughs) This is exactly like that.
1: So So people just simplify the story to Google cars crash.
0: Yeah. And I I mean, I'm not a totally unforgiving futurist. I mean, I don't don't think you are either, right? (laughs) Like, new isn't always better. Certainly not. Certainly not. But... A lot of times it's better. (laughs) Particularly when the things that are new are trying to solve real problems. Like, people are crappy drivers. We saw some just today. (laughs)
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, like... You can tell when there's movements in an industry where, like, you know, the smartphone explosion of 2007 to the present is, like, phones have pretty much gotten better every single year. And... Maybe the pace isn't as crazy now, but they're still getting better every year. Yes. And then there's there's other industries that when they lose that sort of that steam, they can get worse. Like, I don't think printers have gotten better noticeably. I guess they're having Wi-Fi now, but... Ooh. Like, I don't think the... Yeah, maybe from the 80s, but like late 90s, early 2000s printers are pretty much the same crap you buy today. And so... <laughs> Yeah. Nothing automatically gets better, but there's definitely moments when there's a new market. The tablets released today are way better than what came out six years ago or four years ago. Yes. I guess the iPad was twenty ten, so was it that long ago? It's only twenty ten. Only six <laughs> models
0: ago. <laughs> but I, I just this this is a difficult topic because as I I came clean about right up front, the smart cup is stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid. Like I, it's it's so stupid. I, I'm sure that there are a couple of niche 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 niche.
1: <laughs> there are a couple Nietzsche. <laughs> of
0: niche cases um, where it would be totally beneficial. I and do to say niche? Niche. It's, I don't a, know
1: if it's right, but it's what I say.
0: Okay. There's a couple of uh, Nietzsche cases. Nope. <laughs> Not that one. I like that one best. He would be fine it was with
1: a it. a couple Karl Marx situations. <laughs>
0: um, where the, the smart cup and other totally ridiculous products are useful to a specific set of people in a specific set of cases. That's fine. And to the broad public, it's completely ridiculous. Like,. There's lots of medical products that I benefit from in no way and would be silly if I tried to use them.
1: Like, like a smart cup for baseball.
0: Yeah. What? Are you talking about like a cup cup? A crotch protector. <laughs> what, what smarts would you put into a smart cup, Mike? What, what stats would you want this to keep for you? Would you want it to tweet like if you took a foul ball to the crotch? Yep
1: it would measure the, the force and impact and, and estimate the speed of the throw or hit that.
0: I just had a terrifying realization what you just described would probably play well in American football can you imagine if the the padding and helmet of a defensive lineman like tweeted out the <laughs> Stats of their impact.
1: Yeah, I do think of baseball first because that's historically the more statistics obsessed sport.
0: Very true. Well, they started it. Yeah, I, feel I like mean, the other sports were like, obsessed. let's get on board with that. Yeah, have you seen Moneyball? Yeah, is it good?
1: Yeah, uh, I want to. I just still need to check it out. It's Brad Pitt. It's probably a good movie. if Brad Pitt's in it.
0: That's fair, but it's also I've heard it's fairly close to
1: reality. Because like it's, big air quotes, based on a true story. I don't know, you meaning that as a negative? Like, oh, it's based on reality.
0: No, I mean, usually movies that are based on a true story are share nothing in common with reality. That's what I
1: love about the movie and the TV series Fargo is they start <laughs> off with, this is a true story, just flat out.
0: That's true. And then it That's says... Like, well, I know the movies. It says the
1: names of the survivors have been changed. And, but the, what happened has been, everything else is left exactly the same for respect for the dead. Is that
0: actually true?
1: No, it's complete bullshit. Just bullshit. yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's... It's just like a hook? There's kind of, yeah, it's total bullshit on purpose. They're just having fun. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a couple of freak murder weird cases that they sort of mix together that happened... But they, they invented the story, they invented the characters. It's not a true story. Good. Because,
0: I mean, I haven't seen the TV show, but the movie's pretty dark. Yeah. Especially just how nonchalant. Spoilers. Sorry, the movie's like 15 years old. Yeah. But.
1: Uh, Silent Green's people? <laughs>
0: like, the guy's putting the other guy into the wood chipper, and the, the sheriff or, or police officer, or whoever, she comes around, and there's just. It, it's
1: it's just it's red w- it's covered. winter
0: yeah so the snow is just like Kool-Aid men had been there <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah a <And> wood chipper <laughs> it's like at least the one thing about that is at least he had the decency to put him in head first
1: cause he's, he's <laughs> to kill him first and then. exactly
0: yeah cause his hand is on the boot he's like pushing him in cause I think isn't there like a mafia torture that's like wood chipper feet first
1: Probably. Pro- probably. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> Why don't you notice? Know I'm. I'm.
1: I don't know how we got there, but Fargo. But Fargo. So you've been watching the show, right? Yep, and it's excellent.
0: Is it? Um, what did you had a name or a word, a title for the contained story within a season?
1: Oh, anthology model.
0: Um, anthology.
1: Yes. Yeah, so if they do another season, it'll be new characters. Could be any time. Like, so the True Detective seems like a lot of new crime-oriented serious dramas are taking this approach.
0: Well, it feels like a smart approach.
1: Well, it, it. I mean, I think economically, outside the, the art itself, it lets you attract better actors, because they right. only have to commit to ten episodes instead of, like, you may be on the hook forever. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: I mean, look at Lost. Like that made several people's careers. But
1: imagine if you could have used.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I, uh, God, Lost.
1: You watch Lost? Uh, I only some of the first season. Then I said, I'm going <laughs> to wait. Let's see where this goes.
0: See, you are a much smarter man than I am because I waited till it was completely over to even start it. And then I was giving it a try, and I realized um, it never goes anywhere. And midway through season three, I kept turning to my wife, who'd who'd watched it when it was new, like, must-see TV style, like, every week with her friends who also watched it, and... I, I kept turning to her, and I was like, "Oh, that was really interesting. Do they ever resolve that?" And she would just kind of look at me, sad, and shake her head.
1: Yeah, I'm like, like even no. in the first season, I'm like, "There's a smoke monster. There's a hatch. There's some weird numbers. I'm sure none of that gets satisfied."
0: Was it, it? Wasn't Abrams? Are Did Abrams in... do that show?
1: Yeah, and uh, the writer, the main writer, was Damien Lindelof, who wrote Prometheus. Ah. Another disappointing story that never really,
0: I, I <laughs> never really explained it. <laughs> I can't remember if it was the director or the main writer, but one of them during like season two said, we haven't done anything yet that can't be explained by science. Like it's, we're going to bring it all together. It's, it's all coming together.
1: That, and then that was some real snake oil right there. <laughs>
0: well, I don't know if that was a lie or denial. Yeah. Because like, was that... I hope we can tie all these loose ends together.
1: It's like, yeah, you can tie any insanity together with character wakes up, it was all a dream, but Whoa. you will anger so many people with that cop-out.
0: Was it a, the soap opera that's famous for that? Is it All My Children or something?
1: Soap operas do that crap all the time.
0: Well, there, there's one particular one. that's. I'm not... It's, I wonder how
1: much amnesia is in soap operas.
0: Every other episode, probably. <laughs> But there's one particular soap opera that is famous for the final episode. It turns out the whole thing was like all BS. Uh, um, what was it? The Roseanne Show? Roseanne's? Roseanne. In the 90s. Just, it was called just Roseanne.
1: That one too? Yes. At least that's a comedy where it doesn't really have any bearing. Oh!
0: Oh, no. No, no, no. No, cuz it's been years now so I'm going to get some of the details wrong, but in like the second to last season, um they win the lottery. And it turns out like all of their prob cuz you know, they're they're like this poor family and they had all these troubles and their extended family had all these troubles and like they're, it's they're the big family hug and like guys, we're going to have Christmas this year after all. Like that kind of this literally saved us from eating each other for sustenance yeah. kind of moment. And then, like, Roseanne, like, wakes up in the hospital and, like, she'd been in a car accident and, like, none of it really happened. And everything's still terrible. Credits.
1: <laughs> I kind of respect that. It was
0: like Because the... I promise I just butchered some of those details. The,
1: it was all a dream was to get rid of the super ridiculous happy ending, not to erase all the actual human drama that the that comedy covered because it that show could get real serious sometimes. It could. It had its Will Smith dad <laughs> moments, that that dad scene in Fresh Prince. Oh. Why why don't he want me? Oh I will, man. I will find that. Oh uh, scene of like, was so sad. It's like the Futurama Dog episode. <laughs> oh god,
0: don't don't do that. <laughs> now, so while you're looking for that, I'm gonna regale everyone with another horrible nineties thing. In We've gotten so far from our original topic. This is the whole joy of this show, and this is the whole joy of modern society. Um, Do you remember Dinosaurs, the show? Yeah. They were all like big
1: puppets and costumes. That show has to end with doom if it's supposed to be our dinosaurs.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) But when you're like 12, you don't really think of it that way, unless you're like a really bitter and forward-thinking 12-year-old. But the last episode, or at least the last couple of episodes, is, like, there's this meteor coming, and they don't know what's going to happen. And then the meteor strikes, and and the dinosaur family, the the main family, Carl something. Sure. Yeah. Baby! Yeah. (laughs) They survive, and then it starts snowing. And, then it, and they've never seen snow Yeah. and then it starts snowing more and more and the last scene I can remember, I don't remember if it's the closing scene, I'll try and find it on YouTube I'm sure there's a sad Tumblr somewhere that has this <laughs> and it's, they're all huddled together, like looking out the front window of the house, and I think the daughter or the, the wife says something like, is everything going to be okay, and the father, Sinclair, Sinclair was there last name, <laughs> And the father just says something like I don't know. And then there's like the slow camera pull away and you can see like everything's covered in snow. And then credits. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, in retrospect you're like, well yeah, I mean they had to go out. (laughs) I know Fred Flintstone eventually dies. He doesn't (laughs) live in the same world as George Jetson because they're thousands and thousands of years apart. But I don't like to think about them dying <laughs> yeah.
1: Ugh. Well in the long run everybody <laughs> dies Yes
0: we all eventually meet the heat death of the universe <laughs> It's just uh, What a downer we're finishing this this episode on We started out so high minded and falutin
1: High falutin so, uh, um, I'm well bummed We are in Utah in the mountains so we never mentioned. We're at InstructureCon. We are. We are at hashtag InstCon. Which has no bearing on the topics of this podcast.
0: No, because you know what? We did a, uh, a conference kind of bad presentations episode. and well, I have a Although like, there's plenty to say.
1: <laughs> well, if we get inspired, I'm sure the next few days we'll see some good and bad stuff. So we'll take notes if there's anything worth...
0: True. And, you know, I think... Um, when we, we touched on this topic before, we did bad presentations. Yeah. So maybe after uh InstructureCon next week we can talk about like good and bad conferences, like the organization, the check in, the, the the swag. The whole
1: shape of the yeah. event.
0: Because the I feel like it's Unless a conference consistently has terrible presentations, it's not fair to blame them for
1: bad presentations. Unless it's a curation process. Exactly. Rubber stamping.
0: Yeah, if it's just terrible time after time after time. But you're always going to, especially at a conference like this that's very big with lots of sessions, they can't all be winners. I mean, statistics is a thing. They just they can't all be winners unless we're in that one universe where they happen to all be winners. And as far as I can tell, we're not. Where John
1: Oliver is smarter than Stephen Hawking. That's yes. The universe. Just
0: ain't that one. <laughs> so, Mike, now that we've ended on Fresh Prince, Sad Dad, <laughs> and the heat dinosaurs, death of the universe, dying. entropy. <laughs> yeah. Before the heat death of the universe. Okay, a
1: happy ending for heat death of the universe is I'll post <laughs> Isaac Asimov's The Last Question. And people oh. can read that. Good.
0: There's a a guy did a reading on YouTube, which is okay.
1: His narration is well, you, you add that one after, I'll add the text.
0: Um, but, but where can people find you before the heat death of the
1: universe? <laughs> before the heat death of the universe, you can find me at M. Edwards Music on Twitter or at pseudomichael.com. And how about you, David Lyons?
0: People can find me at Lyons in Beta on Twitter or Lyons And show notes for this episode will be Flipping slash 018 for episode
1: 18. Excellent. This
0: is I, one quick thing. As we're approaching twenty, and you could be honest, I won't be sad. Did you think we would make it past ten?
1: Uh, I think after we did three or four, I you felt I, the momentum, felt, yeah. Okay. But after one, you just don't know, yeah. Well, I remember just for the curiosity of the listener that when we started, we were like, "Let's do like one a month" because we're all like tentative, like yeah. dipping the toe, in. That's and then true. like the next week we're like, well, "Let's just do another one," and then weekly happened.
0: Then <laughs> weekly happened. Well, our schedules definitely worked in a way that was, yeah. But for me, like, I mean, you're you're a musician. You've you've been in bands. You've worked on creative projects. So you kind of I feel like you knew a little bit more what you were getting into where I was like I've never collaborated with another person on a big project like this like maybe I will be the weak link and it I'll be terrible so it's like I was afraid to commit you know it's not I don't want to say fear of success cuz that sounds so it's like so weenery but it was like it's scary to be like, well, what if I'm the person who sucks? Like, what if I'm the one who kicked the, the ball into my goal and then everything <laughs> falls apart? Maybe when
1: I play foosball or the hockey version. What do you call that? Hockey's ball?
0: Hockey's ball?
1: No, probably ta- ta- not. Table hockey? Yeah, sure.
0: No, that's... it's uh, way
1: too simple. Yeah, whatever. Oh, no, no,
0: yeah. Yeah, air hockey is table hockey. <laughs> but anyway, yes. FlippingTablesPodcast.com slash a for episode 18 show notes. You have to at the very least look at the amazing animated GIFs in the Tesla blog post cuz yes. they're so
1: cool. And tell us how you would stop the heat death in the universe in feedback. <laughs> if
0: you have some way that would be
1: super cool. Asking for a friend.
0: <laughs> That's good. We'll we'll talk to you next week.